Hello and welcome to episode 176 of the ANF podcast with me, Scott Kastner-Rennie, and himself, the one and Al- only. <laughs> oh, ruin that. Al Coates. Yeah, oh, Scott, go. where have you... Uh, right, I just have to pause <laughs> before we start, right? And I have to put a massive pin in this conversation. We need yeah. to return to where you've been for the last 42 days. I'm going to put a big yes. pin in there. <laughs> We're going to come back to that. Maybe yes. on another episode, but maybe. you've been a. What? No, no, it's not a maybe. <laughs> We're coming back to it okay. because. But just to acknowledge the color. I mean, this. I mean, color. It tans fade, but yeah, I've been away. I've had fun. Oh, I thought you looked ill. <laughs> it's probably jaundice. <laughs> jaundice. It's alcohol poisoning or something. Liver, liver failure. Well, not yeah, something I, to be joked about. But anyway. Yeah. I do feel quite aggrieved with you, if I'll be honest with you. Not oh, so much you go, not so much going yeah, away, but the fact that I've been literally, I've been doing the heavy lifting of <sighs> the the complexity of adoption month, week, day, hour, fortnight, mm. whatever bizarre combination, and and carrying the whole burden of the podcast through what is a what is difficult waters. While you've been I, on a bleeding deck chair, can I just say the dates weren't chosen? without some thought going into it. So there you go. That's all we'll say about that. All right. It's a confession. But anyway, you're well, I'm well, and we've got a guest today, which is kind of a, which is really good. We've got um, with us over in the corner of the podcast towers, we've got Fee Henderson from the Scottish Adult Adoptee Movement. Hello, Fee. Hello. Welcome. It is lovely to speak to you in person because you have a, a, a kind of an alternative persona on the internet, don't you? You have this other. Uh, are we going to say? Are we going to connect the two? We we have outed people I, before. I, yeah, so I I kind of um I didn't know Twitter and um so I didn't have a clue how it worked. So when I came on, I'd, funnily enough, like literally a couple of days before I'd been on Facebook. You know how you get one of those images thing, and it came up this little car crash princess, and I was like, I'm just going to use that. And uh, yeah, so car crash princess uh, appeared, um, but I yeah, behind that is myself. <laughs> Excellent. So that, that okay, people so I do know you then. Yes, <laughs> I know you from Twitter. I don't know you in real life, but I know you from Twitter. Yeah. Well, well, that that is just remarkable, isn't it, Scott? That you've just you just rock up without any preparation whatsoever. <laughs> oh, don't heavy lifting. Yeah, shut up. Anyway. You know me from Scotland, but you know me from no, Twitter. I know. Which is you know, the, the, well, as we were discussing, there's so many Fiona's in Scotland that you you know could be anybody really. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's <laughs> true. Uh, there's a very high Scottish uh, sort of like. Qu- proportion to the podcast that it's at least two-thirds Scottishness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, a lot of people will know you, Fee, from your sort of your online con- the conversations on Twitter, which I think uh, I think there's not any one person who wouldn't kind of characterize you as anything other than reasonable. <laughs> which I think I try to be. <laughs> well in, in this world that's that's a really big compliment, isn't it? In any other world it's you know borderline insult. But um but you got in touch with me and just wanting to talk to me about the work of the Scottish adult adoptee movement, which is quite distinct in terms of Scottish uh, Scottish law, that Scotland has its own set of laws as opposed to England and Wales. And you have, and so for people who we do have listeners from all around the world, so that um, people often see Britain as this homogenous unit, but actually Scotland has, you have your own laws, and your own parliament and all like your assembly, 
kind of like yeah, yeah so we, we've got a slightly different political system we have um a some some of the 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 laws are dissolved to the scottish government and some remain um with the uk so yeah adoption is is one of them that is um in the hands of the scottish government yeah not not in the uk but it used to be prior to 1997 so before we get into all of that would you be comfortable giving us a sort of a a rundown of or a brief summary of who you are and why you are having this you know what brings you to this this discussion so yeah i was adopted in 1982 um, and actually i was adopted in england um, but i was adopted to scottish um adopting parents and they were from glasgow so that hence the they're up here um now and i've been here for a very long time so the accent um, however, um, I I suppose in a way I had I had gone through my life in a in with a lot of difficulties. There was there was a lot of problems um, within my own self. How I how I dealt with things, you know, it, just growing up in general. And like many adoptees, I just tried to survive. You know, I just tried to get through another day just keep going um but it it has an impact later on for me it did and i got to around um 35 after having two children getting married losing my adopting parents at quite a young age um you know i opened up my file and it began, I don't even know, things just began to unravel quite quickly. And for me, I ended up in a kind of situation where one day I collapsed in a GP's office. I had phoned NHS 24 and I just couldn't take any more. I'd been um, in a bit of a mess and... I lay on this guy's floor, actually, I've never said this out loud, but um, when I walked into the room, I actually told him, you know, if you touch a key on that, on that computer, I, I'm going to, I'm going to flip. I, I can't take anymore. And, um, and I lay on his floor and I, and it all came out. And eventually when I looked up, <laughs> he was sitting on the chair um, looking at me as if, he had all the answers and I by this point had been diagnosed with bipolar for three years and was heavily medicated <laughs> um, and he said I had adoption trauma and he'd been a clinical psychologist in Canada and uh, I was seen by NHS mental health three days later and I've been in therapy since. A lot of what I began to think was schizophrenia, dementia, absolute madness, was complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And I just was not coping with, with anything. And it was a lot. And none of the services recognised it. And I had touched base on many police, courts, social services, uh, adoption agencies, you name it. 
and I'm sitting in this room <laughs> and I'm thinking, how is this going on? And I'm quite, uh, I have to be, I have to kind of, like an FBI agent, you should have seen my reunion. I was, I was all over it. So for me, I was like, right, how did I get here? How did this happen? Mm. Where did things go wrong? And I had read the law, like, um, I'm dyslexic, so I can't read all this guff that people put out. <laughs> Sorry to all those people who write lots <laughs> of words. <laughs> I'm not great at it, and uh, it's not my forte. So, yes, I kept going back to this law, and when all this kind of implosion happened, I went back to it again with a fresh pair of eyes, and... um and I looked at it and thought, this law is all about me. And yet, actually, I'm not even seen in it. You know, it, it, there's there's so many bits in here that I just don't appear to be a part of. And it started to make me ask a lot of questions. And so, yeah, that that's how I started to kind of put things together. I looked... Um, abroad because uh, there was so many adoptees who were inspirational in their words and just passionate about their rights and where they felt you know there was there was maybe some problems or issues and um yeah I I somehow fell into the historical forced adoption reviews that were going on. Uh, contacted the JCHR and told them my side of the story and said, look, you know, I understand that you're looking at, at this, but there's a there's a whole lot of this <laughs> that you're not looking at that, that I think needs to be looked at. And I started to read through, um, I got a computer, um, that was the first thing. And um, I got it to, figured out how to get it to read to me. <laughs> so uh, I started to download all these papers and inquiries and all these things that, you know, that people had been doing, I started to listen through them. And um, yeah, as I was walking in my recovery, <laughs> walking up hills and stuff, listening to to uh, downloaded stuff on my <laughs> madness. Um, so yeah, so that kind of brought me up to speed a little bit. And I created a list of, of all the things that I thought were missing in the law. And I put a, a note out on Facebook one day and I was just like, look, hey, anybody like who's adopted really peed off about some of these things that I'm really annoyed about. And they and they came, um they came to the meeting and yeah, I <sighs> this one this one person <laughs> said, Oh yeah, um I'm really good at like spelling and stuff. And I was like, brilliant, like because I'm I'm that's not my I'm not good at it. And um, and yeah, she she's my secret weapon, man. She's oh, when she sent me back like first three recommendations, I just couldn't believe it. I actually cried. Like I just I was like, oh, these are like words, and these are the words. These are the words. Um. So yeah, and it and it grew from there and mm. became um more of us and and more stories and more issues and more things that I was constantly going back and going right hold on a minute this falls into this and but then this bit's missing and 
yes, over time, um, we got them all done. We um, formed as a little team. And in March 2023, we uh, submitted our recommendations to the Scottish Government in the morning of the historical forced adoption apology that took place that day. Um, we attended um, and we listened to Nicola Sturgeon give give the formal apology. It was quite an emotional day. Mm. Um, it was hard to keep all the adoptees, um, uh, you know, kind of <laughs> in some sort of I don't know <laughs> upbeat space. It was it wasn't that kind of situation, and um, and yet we were meeting for the first time, you know. So it was. It was a, it was a, it was hard, and there was a lot of tears, um, and although that was, that was really great. The, the actual best part about it, uh, we sat around this little table, um, in Starbucks, just around the corner from the Parliament afterwards for about, I don't know, three or four hours. It was just, it, it was just that. I'm not going to share what, what happened, but that, that was, that was the bit that, yeah, it kind of got me and. So over the summer we ran a couple of walks, uh, and we ran. We had barbecues and stuff. Uh, I cooked. <laughs> we all survived, <laughs> which was good. And um, and yeah, it, it it's kind of it's it's given us a community here, even though it's it's still quite small. It's and it's a, and it's a strong community. You know, the, it, it's it's lovely to see, and. Um, and yeah, so we decided uh, after that to 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 kind of really kind of look at at, at where we can implement ourselves, and um, we felt that you know the corporate parents are the government, and so it is really them that have to help us sort out some of these problems, and on. Thursday, which was yesterday, um, we met with Natalie Dawn, um, the Minister for Children and Young People in Scotland, and we set forth our our key asks to the government, um, and they are the right to know, uh, the right to autonomy, and the right to be known, and hopefully from them we should be able to work on an adoptee bill of rights which will hopefully see some some changes for adopted people um but yes it's it's been a long road and now I'm here on this podcast <laughs> that you are um <laughs> that you are <laughs> your poor thing your poor thing <laughs> well i mean i did there was there's lots of things you said there and, and I didn't want to interrupt because you sort of, you articulate that excellently and it was just really clear how we got from, like you say, how you got from a doctor's surgery floor to parliament, sorry, the assembly. Um, forgive my ignorance of the Scottish system. Oh, I feel a letter coming in, coming out of hot flush. Um, uh, can I, there's a few things in terms of what you said there about what, kind of what you're asking for but can i sort of step back just one little bit and it's quite a it's a question that really sort of stuck in my head because we 
we've sort of chatted on and off for a couple of years. Um, and uh, I, you know, I am always asking people, will you come to, you know, come on the podcast, come on the podcast. And you've always, you've always you know, very politely said, no, it's not not my thing, not my thing. Um, and I said, well, the door's always open. You know, you just have to ask. And then a few weeks ago, you got in touch and you said, now's the time. And I, and I was just really conscious that you sort of articulated it in sense of this isn't where you feel comfortable, but you feel yeah. that you can't not sort of step into this space. So can I, can you make sense of that for me? Because I think that is, that is really interesting about the, you, you found yourself in a really quite an unusual position. I think, um, how can I explain this? Um, I didn't get into this to um, to do anything more than fight my corner. I, I felt I, I had never fought my corner. Um, and I, I never had any choice. It just, you know, it's just the way it was. And I suppose for me, My story is not one for, it's not, I don't want it in the public domain. Yeah. And it's not, it's not for the public, mm. but it is for those who, who are in charge of making the laws in this country. Um, And so I've tried very hard to, and the adoptees who know me, you're, I know you're going to know what I'm saying, you know, my my kind of thing that I say when I get angry is story time's over. It's over. Story time is over. We do not need it. <laughs> and the reason that we don't need it is because there is enough evidence um, to back up what we're saying. And when we first started to talk, although I had a very good idea of, you know, <laughs> maybe I'm not crazy. Um, I, I wasn't quite there yet. And now I have to do this because if I don't do it, then nothing might change. And and I, I just I, I I I wouldn't have fought my corner. I remember I remember right. I sat when my first one of my first uh, therapy sessions, and. Um, and I said, I said to my therapist, if I am not mental and I don't need a laptop, then I need to sit down and have a chat with Nicola Sturgeon because there's some serious problems. Now I didn't get that. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't get my shortbread. So I'm very angry about it. However, um, I can see that the Scottish government are willing to to look at this and to actually take this quite seriously. You know, we are in Scotland talking about the implementation and integration of the United Nations Convention of the Rights of the Child. And so the right to know, it, it is there. It is there, it, you know, it, so it is, it's not something that's unreasonable. Um, yeah. I don't particularly feel that adults should have to identify themselves under a child's care order if they don't want to. And and I think that 
there is problems with the, the orders themselves and how they they kind of constraint people um, and so a lot needs to be looked at that as well as people having much more of a right to to leave um, that status if they choose to and that currently right now in law you can apply to the court for an appeal and you can ask on the grounds of fraud and one has happened in Scotland where it was a fraudulent case and the adoption was set aside However, in England, um, uh, sorry, the other thing is, um, I'm going to wait, you'll need to cut this, right? So basically, it's exceptional circumstance. Sorry, my brain went, because I went off in a different direction. So basically, the (laughs) second one is um, exceptional circumstance. So you would have to claim some sort of abuse. um, I don't think that people's identity should come down to that. There was a case in England where a gentleman, he was a um, a Muslim gentleman who had been um, adopted into Jewish faith, um, who had applied to the court. Um, and I think um, so there was some difficulties, but but basically he was he was said that he couldn't set aside his adoption in England. It's a, it's a different terminology. I am sorry yeah. in Scotland call it setting aside adoption orders and uh and it was um it, they they said no and and he was asking for it because he'd gone back to um his, a muslim country and he wanted to work there and, and because of the, the the situation it was difficult and that's a real issue to me you know that's a real i mean that that's I just find that quite shocking that you you feel that anybody, any court feels that it it could make that decision over somebody's well-being as an adult. And so that doesn't sit well with me as well as, you know, other people and some of the issues that go with autonomy. So so that kind of is that one. Um, And the right to be known is a combination of data and statistics, tick boxes, records of uh, death records, etc. Um, some issues with safeguarding, um, especially with um, things like the dispensing of files and, and things like that. So there are three, they're, they're quite complicated. They do come from the, the recommendations and we've tried to condense 42 page words of <laughs> of the word witches <laughs> of words um into into these slides but we took them to the promise at the very beginning because we had bits in it that that also refer to younger adoptees and we i didn't specifically want to cross over into that area i tried to keep us quite you know this is adults issues but some of those issues do cross over into little adoptees and you know that's I wouldn't I wouldn't feel that um I don't think any of us actually would feel that that we were doing a service a service properly if we weren't looking at some of the real issues with them And, and we didn't take those 
recommendations that we put in for them likely we approached adoption uk and adoption uk scotland you know we we really wanted to look at their barometer and how that how that was looking for adopting parents and and some of the care issues so yeah mm -hmm. we, we didn't take them lightly and we didn't feel that we had the right to go weighing in you know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> without yeah. without you know some statistical back 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 up to say look um but yeah i think um I think it went you know it, it's a step it's it's the next step and i think the promise said to us you know these are all in keeping with what we're we're doing and what we're saying and so hopefully um that will now lead into to some real changes moving forward mm. i mean there's a lot like so far you've said so much and i have so many questions some of them less important than some others but what i was going to ask you because i've never met you before I, we, I've discovered that I know you from Twitter, but um, you're very, you're a very bubbly person, and yet you've got all this going on. So, <laughs> I mean, what is the emotional toll on you? Because, the, like, so you, you were saying about you've got um, CTPSD. Now, I know from experience that that is something that has to fall in within a certain scale to be diagnosed and blah, all that sort of stuff you've said about bipolar as well i mean you've got all this going on you're doing all this work you're you know you could you, you could just be anybody like bubbly person that you are an individual as you are how, do, how does i mean how does that affect you i know i know you've said there that you've story time's over so be, <laughs> like I'm, I'm assuming when you say that it's not like a bubbly story time's over it's like a hmm, that's no, it no. <laughs> <laughs> I um I was in a bad place and uh, and I'm a wee bit better now. Um and so with every step that we take as a group, it helps me. It, mm. adoption is extremely isolating. It it's you know it it you're kind of trapped in your own head sometimes. And I'm really lucky. I, I, you know, I've managed to get into mental health where no, it's not perfect. You know, it nothing is, but it's it's given me stability, it's given me education, it's given me the tools that I need to keep myself regulated, keep myself aware, keep myself present. Does it always work? Absolutely not. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I lose my head at red lights and all these kind of things. There's just some <laughs> things that you just can't change. You know, it's completely irrational. Yeah. It's the rationalness. Um, but I'm also very lucky that I've got a husband and two children who are really supportive. And those who are close to me, my family and siblings, my, my ex, you know, I call my extended family now, I suppose, the, the Sam group, you know, it's it's it gives me strength you know it gives me some i've got a place now that i can go um i it's a bit stressful there sometimes <laughs> don't get me wrong yeah. <laughs> um but i can go there you know and when i'm on they know that i'm moaning and they're moaning back and so you know we're all moaning about the same thing and hey that's that's what it's about I am um, when when we started this, uh, 
one of the one the Artie Witch, um, she she said to me, Oh, I send you this uh, as video <laughs> on YouTube. And it's uh, the dancing guy. Have you ever seen it? It's about doing a movement. It's a dancing guy. He's he's on a hill, um, and everybody starts, you know, following yeah. him and, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. It. It's brilliant. And uh, yeah, I think yeah, I needed that. I needed people to just hey guys, listen, you know, let's all just be a group, and you know, we're crazy. Oh, I'm crazy, you know. <laughs> Let's just go and do this and see how far we get. And here we are. You know, we're we're hopefully um, going to see some some changes, and that yeah. that would that would be amazing. Because hmm. I, I was looking at the I, you've got a Facebook page which I recommend people um, linking into, which is the SAA um, Scottish Adult Adoptee Movement. So there's a Facebook page there. And we'll put the details in the show notes. Um, and I was looking at the rights that you're asking for, and I think so often, well, not so often, that's not fair, but it feels like there's these very distinct camps within adoption. You know, there's the, there's the system itself, there's there's a, adult adoptees and adoptees, there's adopters, and there's um, birth parents. I, looking at those rights, that I can't see anyone objecting to those rights. I, I can understand maybe the right to autonomy, the, you know, the, the right of an adult to say, I no longer want to be part of your family to an adopter. That that could be quite difficult. But I kind of work on the principle that, you know, we should do a good job so that children don't want to cut us off. Um, <laughs> um, or the, actually it's the relationship that matters, not the piece of paper. So yeah, have, you, I, I, have you got yeah. feedback from those groups? What what what, do the, what does the community say about those those three really just fundamental asks? I think, uh, yeah, there's there's definitely a, a mix of opinions. And I think it's fair to have that. Adoption is one of the most controversial policies that we have. And it's right to be scrutinised and it's right to be discussed. And it's also right for everybody to have their rights and opinions respected. The problem is, and the problem remains, is that one side, the adoptee side, really, you know, th there's not much in there. And so to help um, everybody, I feel, the most important thing should be for the government to change the language within the law and that the law and the act represent everybody balanced. And then I think it will filter down to practitioners, those in the industry, organizations, volunteers, people who are who are um either within the, the immediate triad um as well. So it starts at the top. For me, that's where I think it starts. Sorry, that that's what I think, and I think once there is more rights and there is more understanding and there's more language within the act itself, then it will be easier for practitioners. Because right now, and one of the things, I mean, it's completely. I mean, this is ludicrous. I, I just, for me, I just cannot understand it. We've got the industry and the practitioners and everybody saying don't change a child's name 
Okay. Don't don't change a child's name. Yeah. Don't do it. We know it happens. But don't do it. Yeah. Which one, in all fairness, has ever gone to the government and said this needs to be in law? True story. <laughs> if I paid play devil's advocate, what because I, I I know Scott, you don't so much anymore, but I kind of hang I loiter in the um Facebook groups for adopters. And there's I see that there's this sort of a bit of a Trojan horse, this thing, this idea of safety. So people say, oh, well, it's a safety issue. That we need to change uh, Johnny with a Y because it's distinguished, it's 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 identifiable. If, if And I kind of get that, that but I, I think that, that there's no... You, well, I think that... Well, I'm, that's a really good question. Why haven't we gone to the... Well, well I'll, I'll throw this into the mix for you just to help me out, right? Please, please <laughs> do. Throw, throw me a line. Yeah, I will, I will. Yeah, stop and stuttering so, and stammering. Cause in, clearly... Scotland, in, in Scotland, okay, we have uh, the Children's Act and we have the Adoption Act, okay? And in the Adoption Act, we have two orders, okay? One order is a permanence order. That order does not change a person's identity, but it's yeah. still as good as an adoption order when it comes to permanence. Because remember, even though we're talking about permanence with adoption, we're only talking about permanence and adoption in law because children, there are there are issues with how permanent adoption actually is. However, for the adoption, that is a complete identity change. And actually changing the child's name is just a loophole when re-registering after an adoption. It's not actually anything really to do with the adoption per se. So what we what we have to remember is that order is one of the most severe orders that a court can grant. It should only be done in safeguarding ever. That is it. You know, that is that is the ultimate. Yeah. If we are looking at children who need anonymity, that is why adoption, I believe, has to remain. However, there are permanent orders in Scotland which do not change a child's identity. And so that could be worked on to try and implement some of the, the bits that are that we could have a crossover in and, and things like that. Because there are other countries. France has multiple different adoption stages. And, yeah. and so this is not a rational thinking. These are these are countries that are doing these things and they work successfully. And can I ask in terms of the permanency order versus the adoption order, which seems like a, just the next level up, as you say, um, is the parental responsibility transferred to the guardian? Or, well, they could still be a, yeah. called a parent. You can yes, still call yes, them a parent, yes. couldn't you? Yeah. Because we use them up here quite um, a lot for things like kinship care. Right. So, yes. Uh, but it also means, and this is the thing, you know, it also means that the government parental, you know, uh, corporate parenting responsibilities are also, also remain. And so the child is still classed as care experience because one of the things that we've asked for in the right to be known is that adoptees and adult adoptees and care experience people post 16 or 26, the government can't quite decide what an adult is. Those issues, 
should come under previously looked after and the government still have a responsibility for that and there was a petition put in by Jasmine um, on behalf of Who Cares Scotland to address this issue and so you know that is something that we're also moving forward with and hoping that the yeah. government will, will look more closely at this issue. Can I ask, because um, I'm really interested to know from a kind of a journey perspective, not your journey, but from the journey perspective of how this has become, like how you've managed to do what you've you've done. I mean, how how has that happened in terms of, is it because of the birth of social media? Is it because um, the, the Scottish government's just listening? Is it because Nicola Sturgeon was really dedicated to kind of improving the, the what what is it? Because, I mean, as as parents, you know, Al and I met because we were trying to advocate for better services for families. Yeah, it was for families. It wasn't specifically for children. It's for it's for the whole family. And as we're moving through now, you know, we're ten years later or whatever it is. I don't know how many years we've known each other now, but um, ten years later, we're we're you know we're starting to see a kind of birth of of other groups like quite rightly, um, who are advocating for themselves. Um, what, what, what do you think has happened to affect that change? What, what, what's the, what's the reason? I mean, we've had in Scotland, we obviously had the care review hmm. and I think, um, that not, really... not to be confused with the, the once in a lifetime review in England. Just, no, 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 no. Sorry, no. There yeah. are separate <laughs> Yeah, um, England have their, they, they have. There's actually there's a fantastic um, clip of the, uh, in Parliament. I can't remember the MP who did it. I, I really wish I knew his name. And he threw down every review. I mean, it was it was brilliant. I mean, I wish somebody just recorded that and sent it to me on repeat. It was it was brilliant. But yes, we in Scotland we had a, a huge care review, and and on the back of the care review came the promise and so there was scott scott because i think um scotland has a different uh, way of of the political landscape and the way that the people engage i think from the back of the care review and the way that the promise was integrating itself into local councils it was it was really bringing some awareness um it, it, you know it, it really was and i think um the, the other thing is just, and for me anyway you know I, I we have a scottish child abuse inquiry um mm. in scotland as well and ad adoptees post adoption order are excluded um which is probably um oh, it's a very difficult that's yeah. ridiculous it's actually in england as well the, wow. yeah they were both that we were excluded any any abuse that happened post adoption orders and so that is uh another reason why i think a lot of those who felt I'm I just want to point out that in the Scottish Child Abuse Inquiry it, they do a fantastic job I'm not saying that they don't however there are uh, gaps where things are have been missed we are one of them we are not alone in that in those gaps and so we 
spent a lot of time listening to, to, to some of those those issues as well. And so, yeah, I think, yeah, it, it, we have a, an easier system to reach out to our MSPs. And I was very fortunate that um, Jim Fairley, um, who is my local um, MSP, um, took the time to actually have a meeting with me as erratic as I was at the time um but he did and I also uh by that time was in touch with um Miles Briggs MSP and Monica Lennon MSP and they were all working on the historical force adoption apology in Scotland and I attended um parliament with them to give evidence or one day um that was probably one of the most emotional things I've had to do on my own, if I'm honest. It was it was hard. Um and yeah, that was a real turning point. Um but I think because our parliament is a little bit more open, we we can we can be heard. And so, you know, it, it was it was slightly easier. But yes, the the UK um government response to the Joint Committee of Human Rights is, in my opinion, quite abysmal. And SMP um, MP Chris Law has also commented on what's happening in Parliament in Westminster. So, you know, they are they are deliberately ignoring this issue. And it's quite frightening because there's there's a lot that you know, when all when you see all the reviews that have been done in England, and you see some of the the things that have that have not happened since them, it it's concerning. It, it's really concerning, and especially when we're up here in Scotland and we're kind of thinking, right, we, <laughs> hopefully we're going to get change. But you know, there's a lot of children who are either international adoptees or they're coming mm. over borders. Um, even care experienced children are, there's issues with them coming over borders. And so, you know, this is, it's not, it's not something I don't think that Scotland can just, you know, fix. It, it, there are other issues that that play into a lot of these things, but, you know, but yeah, it's, I think we have had it a little bit more um, open in Scotland. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I find it totally fascinating. It feels we've we we're still waiting for this moment where people will look at all of these disparate things that interlock, and just look at the whole thing as a whole. The care review in the UK, uh, sorry, the, in England was just didn't cut the mustard. You've had one in Scotland, but if it doesn't look at England, it it feels like we've got to look at the whole picture and start to really think about the welfare of children, not not the best interest of adopters or how we keep adopters happy or how we placate some adult adoptees or how we, or even I've seen recently, and I think I do understand the segregation between sort of adoptees of a, over a certain age, um, you know, like 30 plus, or I think it's probably the designation is probably in England anyway, the, the Care Act 1989. So there's the pre-1989 and post-1989 and they're, and they're seen as almost like two different species of, human um and i just feel like we, who's gonna get a grip on all of this who is that person oh, it's probably you isn't it 
Fiona, yeah. I was well, just no, I don't. I, I, think, <laughs> I, I think I know. Listen, I think I think this is the thing, right? You know, it's easy for us to all, you know, stand and and point fingers and point blame and 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 this and that, and it is. And I've, you know, I do it myself sometimes because. It, what we're talking about is extremely emotional. It's it's yeah. personal. It's you know it's it's your life. It's not just a moment that happened in your life. It is yeah. your life, and so it it has a whole other layer. When, um, oh wait a minute, I've had a brain block. <laughs> and no, don't don't worry. It happens to me all the time. What was it? Yeah, what was the it. question again? What was, oh, I know what it was, right? So basically, if you are looking at adoption, right, you have to understand where it came from. Otherwise, you're not really, you're only looking at your own self-purpose, in adoption you're not really looking at what you're doing as far as the history so when we first looked I got sent this a uh, load of information and in it it was about pre-legislation baby farms what was happening in the UK the the male um a law that came in that they didn't have responsibility for children and you know all of these different things all took place and then moving slowly through into when adoption was legislated and then looking from kind of 1926 to now, I think the inquiry into the historical force adoptions was required and I think it should have gone further. However, there are much more abuses within this system than just one. And that's where the review failed. There has to be somebody who sits down and goes right all these historians and artifacts and, and information and data and details you know we need to look at this we need to look at where these problems are and where this has come from and there has been abuse on the system you know it, there has been it has been abused time and time again and people will continue to abuse it because it is easy to abuse it, it is adoption what? is really easy you know so you can just like can i ask you what what you mean by abuse the system because i'm uh i don't want to guess oh, right, what okay, you're saying yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Just, so no no it's fine, I fine. when i talk about abuse of the system what i am talking about is where services local councils and organizations are using the law for their own interests whether that be liability whether that be corporate parenting responsibilities yeah. whether that be financial you know there are reasons why adoption sometimes can be used yeah where it is not necessarily for the safeguarding issue only of a child and that's some of where i personally feel it's then abused and i that's not because of anybody specific in a role or you know, somebody who's got to make, you know, funding cuts. That's it's nothing to do with that. That's the language within the law. It's not tight enough. It isn't. It isn't be clear enough, possibly, or it just is not got the rights of the child at the top of where it should be. So it again, it's no. that 
when you put it in those terms, um, I think that that's really helpful. Um, I am conscious that Scott, you you have to go in a few minutes, don't you? You've got to run someone to somewhere, and it's a matter of urgency. Uh, oh, hang on, I put my hand up. Um, but so Scott, I don't know. My hand just went up. It's it's a new Facebook a Zoom feature. Um, but in terms of when you describe the system in those terms, you could see why that the likelihood of someone wrapping their arms around or an organization or a politician being willing to wrap their arms around all of that and then consider those abuses. Cause I, I was in a meeting when I wasn't in a meeting, I, I kind of know the situation, careful confidentiality of a, of a child who uh, was sort of social workers were talking about, Oh, he, th- we're going to put this child for adoption and everyone in the room's going, going, well, why? You know, given his age, it's all about his age, and it, that was the that was the defining factor, not his need. And he was a child with complicated needs and a complicated story, and consequently, the idea of just placing him with a nice mum and dad, or dad and dad, or mum and mum, and living happily ever after was just never going to be on the cards. It's a child who will need ongoing support for the rest of his childhood and adulthood. Hmm. But we were going to move to adoption we because know it was like that, we know that once that order goes through, there's a cliff edge in the law. Yeah, there's a you can they yeah. can do assessments, but there's there's very little support. And yeah. so you know, it, 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 I'm not stating, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody specifically, <laughs> but mm-hmm. what I am saying is, is the problems are historic. They've been written in over generations, and so it's about them and going back and. And seeing where we can make some changes. <laughs> can I move you on to the conference you're running? So this podcast comes out today, Saturday the 18th, and on Monday the 20th and 20, and then Tuesday the 21st. You're you putting on an online conference. Tell us about that. Why are you doing that? What is it? So yeah, well, well, it was it was uh, the JCHR um, had a lovely um, presentation down in Westminster. I phoned up Scottish government and said. Can we do something like this? They says, ask your MSP. And I was like, no, nah, I'll do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and we went to um the Belfast Queen's University of Law, actually. Uh Scott over your neck of the woods. And um we had a, a an eye-opener into different laws of adoption from all around the world, all different things that they were talking about. And it was, it was by far one of the most um, fantastic uh, weeks that we had and and we tried to fit in as much as we could during that week and yeah we kind of sat down and um said you know why don't we why don't we do it ourselves <laughs> like these crazy ideas i have and uh and yeah here we are <laughs> here we are um, we've now uh, uh, one of um our our team has done a four elements in person day for adoptees as well as the online events. So I'll give you a rundown. We've got two days uh, online speakers from um, the beginning of pre-legislation right up to current practice. These are historians, professionals, you know, who 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 have researched this, looked at this, who have worked in the field of adoption, who have funnily enough been adopting parents themselves so biological parents themselves and um, so yeah there's there's whole there's all different um things on day one that kind of really set set the scene of of um of letting adoption tell its own story rather than us telling our story or me having to tell my story um <laughs> so yeah that that that's 
that's where it sprung from and that's what it is it runs on the 20th and the 21st of november so it's in conjunction with adoption week scotland um we are being powered by adoption week scot uh, sorry adoption uk scotland um which is wonderful because we've got a really a good connection with them and and mm. you know we've we, we'd be a bit lost without them, I think, sometimes. Um, so, uh, hands up to Simon. He's <laughs> Oh, Simon's good. We like oh, Simon. I love him. I just yeah. love Simon. So, yeah, he's uh, he's helping empower um, us on the two days. And then for the end, um, they've also sponsored us um, to help us do the in-person day in Edinburgh. So, um, we've got a little studio room and we're going to be doing some adult adoptee-only events for that for that day so it, the whole event is free um the two online days are open to the public and we would love as many people to come and learn um about what's happening where we are what's going on you know mm. i've mocked that up i'll need to do it again because i've it's forgot fine. about day two oh yeah cut it in and then it's there's fine. day two that's fine there's day two this isn't the bbc remember so day two, day two is um, we're we're starting the day with um, our peers in Australia, um, which is is fantastic. So we're going to be hearing how they've got on ten years on since the Australian National Apology um, from uh, Adoptee Rights Australia, and we're also going to be hearing from Jen, who is in North Australia, to talk about some of the things that she's been doing and the inquiry that they're pushing there. So. That's really important, you know, to kind of see where they're going and how they're kind of managing. So I'm really, I'm excited to hear what they've got to say, let alone, you know, people who are coming. Um, and then, yeah, we, we're kind of moving into um, the afternoon. We've we've got a fantastic speaker on day two, um, Gary Storick from Brodie's um, Law Firm in Aberdeen. And he's coming to explain some of the law around setting aside adoptions and some of the things that go on there. And then in the afternoon, we have uh, the Wave Trust. Um, George is coming to talk to us. The lovely George is coming to talk to us about um, childhood maltreatment and how the seventy thirty campaign um, that the Scottish Government back to reduce childhood adversities by 70% by 2030. Um, and so people can get a real grasp of what that campaign's about and what what what's gone into it. And then we've got the the lovely Who Cares Scotland coming to talk to us about their campaign and um, lifelong rights and support for all previously looked after um, people. So that's wonderful to come and hear them talk and and get really get people understanding what their campaign's about and what where that change they is going to come for them and and it's brilliant. And then yeah, and then there's us at the end and we're going to be talking about our our three key rights and how it went at the um at the government and we'll be open to questions from all so yeah it's 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 a jam-packed it sounds <laughs> jam like it's a busy um, couple of days yes absolutely I'll yeah say, but so. it's, it's, it'll be good hopefully and hopefully it will give people a little kind of bit of an upload of of what's going on and, yeah. and where we're at so yeah hopefully <laughs> Because and you're right, and you're right. You're right in what you're saying. If 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 you have to do something, sometimes you just have to crack on and do it yourself. I think um, that's our kind of motto as well, isn't it? Al? Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I'm very lucky. I've got an extremely strong team of adoptees who, I, you know, I just I couldn't do it without them. You know, I I just couldn't. You know, I work and I do this. <laughs> this is my side hustle. Yeah, oh, side hustle. <laughs> 
you know yeah. so so you know i couldn't do without them because mm. i i'd be lost i'd i'd i'd, I'd be crying that's where i'd be <laughs> in the corner. Um, well we've we've used up the hour and um i we, i it's been fascinating, and I can honestly, oh. I think we could we could go on and on and on and and talk and really find out so much more. But we'd love to get you back on, and so kind of the doors open. Really, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you the hard sell. I'm not gonna torment you as I have previously, saying, "Please come on, come on, you got to come on." Um, it's been absolutely I'll wonderful, and I think you, I think the 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 thing I take away from this is that actually, rights for adoptees are rights for everyone. That's absolutely. that's just the crux of it. Yeah. So thank you so much for your time. Yes. Uh, wish you well you. for Monday, and um, I'm going to try and dip in as much as I can myself, and um, we look forward yeah, so to speaking to you soon. The two days. So if you if you book through Eventbrite, the one link does the two days. Any speaker, you can jump in and out. And um, if you want to get in touch for the in-person day, if you just contact Scottish AAM at um, Google.com, and one of the team will get back. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you, Fee. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs>